calling all families. Discovery Plus has thousands of shows that will bring everyone together. Stream exclusive originals like Shop Suites and Design Star Next Gen. Plus, explore a huge collection of family favorites like Planet Earth, Cake Wars, Mythbusters, and many more. All for just $4.99. Discovery Plus is the streaming home for the whole family. Plus so much more. Start your free trial today. Welcome to Inconceivable. I'm William. I'm Alex. And I'm Gordon. And we'd be honored if you would join us. That is a Star Wars reference, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you did not notice. I'm sorry, I don't and sound if, like James Earl Jones, but that's, yeah, that's the best you, I got. And if you know what that is, you're a nerd! Which means you're in the right place. Exactly. <laughs> or, you know, a geek. Because, geek. I mean, kind yeah. of. <laughs> so, one, 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 one thing. Shut up. <laughs> oh, okay, just that one thing? Okay. Yeah, well, no, well, go ahead. Starting off, since actually I'm starting, ironically, so I will not be shutting up. Oh, oh. boy, well. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about, we've, we've touched on this every now and then, about Lightly. how we've got new shows that we're looking forward to, but they're unfortunately going to be on their own um, streaming services. Yeah, yeah. So we've got... Disney coming out with theirs, which I think makes the most sense out of all the ones that's been announced, mm. because especially with them now acquiring Fox, that's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of reasons. More to have content that. than some of the other like right. sites that are going to be coming out with streaming services, I think. Because we've also got DC, and which DC still has makes a... sense, I'd say. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know. With, with Disney, like like you said, it makes a lot more sense because they have so much that they are able to like you know give out. Um, but with DC, I don't know. I just I've heard so far. I've heard bad things about their their streaming service, but good things about their show. Mm. But they, so far, I think they only have the one show, which is Titans. So here's the thing: they only have the one new show. Actually, that's not technically correct. Uh, they have Krypton as well, uh, which I oh, haven't is seen. Is that just come out? Uh, it's been. I I believe it's being released. Uh, you know, going forward, I haven't watched any of it. Because wasn't it on, like, a random TV network? I think like, it's on Sci-Fi, actually. I completely oh. forgot about that show, not yeah. gonna lie. We, we talked about that show on it's here. It's like, hey, Superman, it's a grandfather. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I yeah, it was, as all shows are. Some shows, like, if it's good, it usually continues, except, uh, you know, certain Joss Whedon helmed uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Firefly. Uh, but, no, so they have that. They have their entire backlog of DC animated series and animated movies. See, that's worth it. I've... And they have, I want to say it's their entire uh, catalog of digital comics as well. Okay. Um, so that... That's fair. So like, that, make, the that makes it sound more worth it. I forgot about the animated movies and TV shows. Which is it? Just the movies, or is it the? TV? I believe it's both. Right. Because if it's the it's TV both. shows, then I'd say it's worth it just to go for those because a lot of the original stuff, it's pretty great. That being said, lie. very good shows, of course. Yeah. But just like the same thing for Disney, I don't want Disney to rely on existing content for you to pay for the service that you were going to pay for originally. Like I want to see new content that you can only find out here. So, for instance, a great example, 
for the first time, YouTube Red, now YouTube Premium, has finally produced something. Yeah. YouTube Premium? I liked YouTube Red. I don't know why they it just seem more. I feel like YouTube, YouTube Premium is is more, like, it tells you more what it's supposed to be. I guess. Yeah. Like, YouTube, I, YouTube Red, you know, yeah, you, you, if you're on YouTube, you get it. Mm -hmm. But if you tell someone, oh, yeah, I'm subscribed to YouTube Red, they're like, what? What the hell is like? What is that? Yeah. Like, but if it's, you're like, hey, I have a YouTube Premium subscription, they're like, okay, I kind of know what that is. Right. What does that mean? It's like the the ultra version, like the high end version that you're able to have if you pay a price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I get that. I just, at least as someone who likes planning out these things, it's just like, oh, cool, you took a name that's original, it makes sense with your platform, and now you've just made it into something generic. You know, like you I might as well that. have called it YouTube Plus. You know, like yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so, well, Netflix doesn't have that problem though, because we all know that Netflix is like it's Netflix. You have to pay for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Where you're, you're either you're either streaming or you're getting the DVDs mailed to you, which they still yeah. do. Yeah, I'm. Um, I don't know if I'm like like I'd want to do that though. Like maybe, but at the same time, it's just as easy to go and just find something like at Redbox or. Sort of yeah, Redbox has kind of taken over that portion of their company as far as oh, because yeah, it's. Yeah. I think so because you can literally just go out and drive and then you can get it and then come back as opposed to waiting. How long do you would you have to wait for something from Netflix? Because I've never done it before. It's two days. So two granted, days. not long, but still longer than going out and getting it from your local Walgreens or whatever. You know. Fair. Okay. But you can also, again, I don't have the DVD uh, subscription service, so I don't know for sure. But I believe you can queue up. A list of the DVDs that you want mm -hmm. um, like it's a watch list so you're queuing up everything and then as you send DVDs back they'll send you the stuff that's yeah. next on your list and all so that sort of thing is the D DVD uh, subscription services that like you have to subscribe for that on top of already having Netflix yes. well that doesn't sound fun at all no. it doesn't sound fun but um, hard as that may be to believe but there are some places in the country that don't have like high-speed right internet. So, okay, yeah, that's that's fair. So, so like, uh, this is especially true of uh, video game, uh, well, video games in general. Um, you're not getting digital sales, and you're not getting a lot of online play. And if games are broken, mm -hmm. uh, like if they don't get, if they have to have a day one patch, people that are in the middle of the country get screwed because they're not going to be able to download the patch. And mm. then they just have a broken game. I never need. I didn't even think about that. Like I, I thought about places that have like low speed internet. But then like when I think about you know streaming or video gaming, then it must really suck to be in those situations. Uh, I would imagine. So that, yeah, that I mean, especially it, if you're like a geek like us. That makes brings an interesting point. All these shows that you can only get exclusively with their streaming specific service. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be shows that people who don't have a good internet connection may never be able to watch yeah. simply because it involves having a good internet connection. Pretty Something much. that I've noticed is that so with Netflix they come out with original shows. Mm -hmm. You'd think that those want like those shows are exclusive on the Netflix streaming website. Yeah. But I'm actually seeing that you're able to buy the shows on DVD or Blu-ray, like in stores now, which is mm. I don't know if that's a more recent thing. So like Netflix produced shows or yeah, or Netflix produced shows, shows. Like House I, of Cards. I think maybe House of Cards. I, th I think I saw Orange Is the New Black, maybe. Probably that one. But was that like originally from Netflix? Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That was their okay. second project. I mean, okay. I know they have because I think I've seen some of the Marvel ones out, like maybe Daredevil. Interesting. Yeah. But that could be because. It's a license agreement and not an original. Where it's like House of Cards and Orange is the New Black completely Netflix's content. But if it's licensed with Marvel? 
Exactly. There, there has, there's like a separate agreement there. So it's not like, yes, it's their show because they made it, but it's not their properties. Mm-hmm. Where House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, completely their own creation, their own properties, and their own rights to use it. Where for the Marvel stuff, it's only the rights to use it yeah. and for their content. So I feel like there could be other um, asterisks to those to that content. Sure. Yeah. And also, there's something really cool about having, like, especially a like a collector's edition or like a steel book. Yeah. Um, mm. of like a, a game yeah. show. So um, the fact is, so Netflix doesn't really make sense to me as like a business model because it it's not obvious to me that. Um, having original programming is going to get you a lot of new viewers. It just seems like it's going to retain the ones that you already have. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't know if Netflix is growing at all. Well, um, they they release trailers and such on YouTube, which might pro- like make people be like, okay, I actually might want to try this out because this looks really, really good. I feel like that's not... I, th- I feel like the YouTube trailers are still for the Netflix audience, though. Hmm. Um, okay, yeah. Like, you know, it's just like... Well, you don't go to Netflix to watch a trailer. No. In, yeah. fact, <laughs> in fact, that's the one thing I don't really want to do when I'm on Netflix. Uh, you know, you're just leaving through, and if you it's wait too long, yeah, no, thing, it just starts like, no, just, I didn't want this. What I also don't like is like when you just wait on something, and it's a movie or TV show that you've watched, and then it starts playing this generic music that isn't part of the show or movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, they do it for Lord of the Rings, and I'm just like, that is not the music. It's, you guys switch, you cowards. It's especially for older movies, where yeah. they don't have anything set up already, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have like a specific trailer to, to show you. Um, right. They'll have like generic music in the background. Have, yeah, I've like, noticed it with some stuff. Sometimes like, they, wait a minute, they will have it. Yeah. Um, so I guess a good thing to establish here is that I have Hulu and Netflix, and so do you. I well, additionally I have the Netflix. You have the Hulu, and we share. We share, yeah. Yeah. Um, I additionally, as, as roommates do, <laughs> for for my own purpose, have uh, YouTube Premium, which mm-hmm. I've been enjoying very much. In fact, there was a point where I switched my cards, so it didn't auto um, recharge the card. So I I was lazy and basically didn't have YouTube Premium for a month, and I hated it so much. (laughs) After not having ads on YouTube for like a year, and then Mm. suddenly having ads again, I was like, this is awful. Because the thing is is that it's different. On our TV, I don't have it hooked up, um, because I like having my own preferred search results on my phone as preference to if if I put it on the TV, then we got everybody's search results now also on my phone. So that's why I haven't hooked it up. But the thing is that on the TV... It's a different situation where you're a little bit more... I'd say you're more relaxed and you're doing some other stuff right. while so getting ready. Right, so having an ad isn't as inconvenient where you're on your phone, you're probably multitasking, you're doing all these things. Um, sometimes I'll just not even watch the video. I'm listening to a conversation, so then I'll like, I put it in my content. Uh, my, my content. I put it in my pocket. I don't know. <laughs> you're putting your content in, in your my pocket. <laughs> and then an ad comes on, and then I have to take it out of my pocket, unlock the phone... Uh, well, not unlock the phone because it would have to be on if you didn't have premium. Um, but then skip the ad and do that whole thing because some ads, if it's not a quick ad, then you have to press skip or it's mm-hmm. a five-minute ad, you know? Yeah. So it was just, like, so annoying. And then on top of that, not being able to close the app and still listen to the videos, I yeah. also really miss that. They keep, they keep bugging me to get premium every time I accidentally lock my phone. Like, check it out. I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm so noticed, maybe later. Has anyone else noticed that YouTube is coming out with more ads per video? Like, they have it right in the middle of certain videos that don't yeah, need the, any. Like, uh, this is especially an issue when you're watching Critical Role, which I, yeah. I've mostly been listening to the podcast because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But on the video the, format, you must have a million ads. There, there are like five ads in the middle of the video. I'm like, I really because don't. it's like a three hour video, right? I have like yeah, three so, or yeah. four ads in like a five minute video. I'm like, guys, this is like, not worth. Come on, Facebook is even worse though, which is bad because at least on YouTube you realize, okay, but this is supporting the creator. But on Facebook, it's like this is just for Facebook. Like these ads yeah. aren't going to the creators. Like <laughs> it's going back to Facebook. So. Uh, I feel like having a ton of ads on a Facebook video is way more annoying than a YouTube video. That's fair. And also, um, uh, a lot of the, like, if you have an ad blocker on your uh, browser, uh, a lot of the times it'll block the YouTube ads entirely. True. So, like, but that that's only on a desktop. Mm -hmm. that's uh, true. It That actually used to be the main, it's weird to think now, but looking back on it, that's where people watched Netflix and YouTube the most was on a computer. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a far majority of the phone. So phone or, or game console yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so and both of those platforms you i'm like you, i'm sure you could figure some way to hack the you, system you, you would really have to like yeah. go out of your way to to pot, come up with a you know an ad blocker for one of It'd those be, two things i think way more effort than it's worth but uh but yeah so with youtube premium i'm still getting used to saying that they've <laughs> crossed the boundary of not only just having the benefits of closing your phone still being able to listen mm -hmm. and no ads now you can um, watch exclusive content to YouTube. And they finally, which I feel like is the tipping point for making it worth it or not worth it for a lot of people. And I finally got a hit, which was Cobra Kai. Talked about that earlier in the year. Highly recommend it. Still, to this day, my favorite new show of this year. And I wow. can't believe it's from YouTube. Yeah, And that was that was one of the ones that like kind of affected me too. Because like, I'm trying to watch it, but I'm trying to watch it downstairs, which is not logged into your account. So I would just be calling up to you guys being like, hey, please help me. I want to watch the show. Um, so, so yeah. So I, I also forgot on top of YouTube, I also have a Rooster Teeth subscription to watch their exclusive content because their content's half and half. Mm -hmm. Some of their videos they release to the public to YouTube. And the other half is only through their website, which I think is smart. Yeah. You know? What about you? What, what do you have for app streaming services? Uh, I have Netflix, I have Hulu, and then I use uh, Amazon Prime uh, a fair amount. Mm. I really like Amazon Prime. It comes like it has a lot of stuff. I feel like it has the stuff that YouTube got or Netflix got rid of, like the Doctor Who or mm -hmm. like TV shows like that. I'm just like, hey, I want to watch this. It's not on Netflix. Let's try Amazon, and they have that. And that's kind of, I think, how it works is you're not necessarily going to find a lot of overlap um, right. because the licenses run out, and it's like you only get one, you know? I'm sure, they, I'm sure the people like Netflix and Hulu love when they can make it exclusive. So, for instance, if you, I'm pretty sure Netflix has a lock on The Office. Like, if you want to watch Probably Office streaming, they did not have, have the, office. To go to the Office. They lose, yeah. like, lose like half of their viewers. <laughs> Incorrect, but I get your point. Um, for a quarter. <laughs> for a long time, Hulu, I think it still might have exclusive right to Community, which was yeah. a big point for going to Hulu because that was again like The Office, where you can it's totally rewatchable. Same right. thing with Community for me, so it always made me go back to their service. Again, the great thing about Hulu is that it comes out with stuff that was fairly recent. Like I'm able to watch shows that are coming out as I'm like. They're they're coming out and then they come they're putting the episode on to Hulu the next day. With Netflix, you have to wait months and months yeah. for them to come out with the entire season. And, and that's where they're trying to find all. Up yeah, down. again, uh, um, with I'd say like I'd say uh, Netflix is good about putting out like big big hit movies, mm -hmm. and Hulu is good at coming out with the recent episodes of TV shows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, TV like shows that. is definitely Hulu's strength. Some other stuff, um, and with Amazon Prime, I feel like they have like movies that you haven't really heard of or haven't heard a lot about mm -hmm. but are really really decent and also a lot of really good TV shows I, well, feel, I, I feel like um, 
So the thing about Netflix is I don't think it gets really good movies, at least recent ones. Hmm. It'll get um it'll get like B tier movies. Um, Maybe, but they've come out with Thor Ragnarok and Black see, Panther. Here's yeah, <laughs> here's I want that's I want to say so two things. Um, one, I think it's part of the the deal that Marvel has or that Disney has with Netflix to mm-hmm. produce their Marvel content. And I think once their streaming service um, kicks in, gonna that's going to be that. gone. Yeah, I've noticed okay. especially. Yeah. Disney and Marvel movies has been coming out much quicker than other properties on Netflix specifically as mm-hmm. far as like both A titles and recent titles. I feel like a lot of them have been attributed to either Marvel or Disney both being the same thing. Right. Um, and there are also a lot of Marvel movies that haven't been on Netflix. Like um, if you look at it um, they had for a while they had Civil War. Did they take it off? Um, they, it might still be on there. I haven't really been looking for them because I don't watch Marvel movies on Netflix. <laughs> Um, but they had Civil War, they had uh, Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok, and I think Doctor they Strange. added Doctor Strange, and they had Infinity War. But the thing is, they what? don't... They don't have Infinity War, I do they? they? No, they, I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna no, look it no, up you're right. It is, it is just Thor Ragnarok. Um, I thought they had Infinity War for some reason. I'm going to look this up. You keep talking. Pretty sure it's not... <laughs> don't quote me on that, because... I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, it's okay. I, 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 I want to know what they have but on But the thing now. is, they don't... I, I want to say they don't have any of the older movies... Right, yeah. Like, um, they used to have the original Avengers and Captain America on there. Avengers, you're probably correct. The fir- I, I feel for like some, for had some the, reason, I feel like oh, they haven't. They I feel like they've had the one. Iron Man ones they also, for a while too. They also have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. That's true, but, but not they the don't, first one. Don't have the first one. See, see, that's never what I'm, the that's first what I'm one. Thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because like the really like the really the ones that are both the, the really good, <laughs> the ones that are really good. And also really successful, they're not going to put on there. They're want they're going to want to save that for their uh, DVD subscription service mm-hmm. again, or I, for rentals. And you're such. probably right about that. But one of the older vi- videos or movies that they have is Blade Two. So you don't have Blade One on there, but you know you got Blade Two. Blade so. Two. They they do have a lot of sequels on there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they get you in that regard. But like the one of the things that uh, one of the movies that if I wanted to watch a Marvel movie, and I didn't own any of them. Winter Soldier would be one of my top picks. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and Winter I've, Soldier, yeah, uh, I can't recall having seen on Netflix anytime I've looked for it. It might have been, um, maybe but I, I think it might recall. have been before I actually had Netflix. Yeah, like when I had Netflix, but I it didn't really matter to me because I already bought the movie like right when it came out. Yeah, sure. But yeah, things like having the second Guardians of the Galaxy, but not the first one specifically, has really annoyed me because yeah. not that I don't like the sequel, but the fact that. The second one is so readily available, and not the first one makes me really want to see the first one because I can't watch it. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where it's like if this is your like if you've been living under a rock and haven't seen a Marvel movie, uh, if you're going to start watching Marvel movies, yeah. uh, Netflix is not the place to do it because it's mostly sequels and stuff that came out later on. Um, and especially Guardians of the Galaxy. That would be one of my That's top true. three picks for an introductory like if, and, Marvel movie. And if you're going to watch one Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy might be the one to pick. Yeah, and Black Panther is like pretty well tied with the other movies. Not too much, but enough, in, in I'd say. Of, in terms of box office or in terms well, of in, quality? In, in, in story, I'd say. Because it's, uh, I disagree. Well, it's coming yeah. right off of the Winter Soldier. So not too much, but it has that. And then it has the um, it's, it has Ulysses so, Claw. Civil War. No, Civil War, yeah, Civil War. Um, so it has Ulysses Claw. Is that who's, right? 
Yeah, it's right after yeah, Civil War. Yeah, because Black Panther shows up in Civil War and he's a hunting Bucky and that's that right. Thing. That's the one. And then again, they have Ulysses Claw, who's first introduced in uh, Age of Ultron, which isn't a very big character, mm-hmm. but it's his connection. Well, I guess his connection is kind of explained in yeah. in the movie. Yeah, like you don't need to have seen. So I, I guess well. I guess not. I take it back because I was also thinking about uh, Agent Ross. Is that his name? Martin Freeman in the Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, that's Agent Ross. <laughs> yeah. All that not one. related to Thunderbolt Ross. I <laughs> want to point out, this is a much nicer Ross. Secretary Ross. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I'd like to point out is that one thing that I'm worried about is that one of the main appeals to wanting to use Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon to replace cable is because the cost difference is crazy. Even mm-hmm. though you're getting three services, they average about 10 to 15 bucks each. Yeah. Um... How much is cable? About 70 bucks, I'd say, for the average person to have a decent one. Because yeah. um, usually it comes bundled with your internet. So I'm saying it's the same cost as your internet because it's kind of inseparable. So I'm just going to say it's that same cost. I, I think it's like... I think internet is slightly less... I, I think if you bundle it in, it's less than it would be to get them It is, because they really want you to have cable. But I feel like that's that's the guideline. It's like, okay... Lowest, you get cable for 70 bucks. That's what I get it for. That's the lowest package that mm-hmm. cable comes with. And I feel like... But, uh, but if you internet's get... included in that? Yes. Okay. That being said, if you're also seeking out cable and weren't worrying about internet, if you wanted cable worthwhile, it'd still also be around 70 bucks, I feel like. Okay. Um, Interesting. So if we use 70 bucks as uh, per month as a margin, if Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, 15 bucks each, you're looking at $45 a month. Still mm-hmm. a $30 gap which yeah. is still worthwhile. Throw in Disney and DC. Let's say because they're new and they're trying to be competitive, they're 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. That's an extra $20. Now, there's only $10 separating the two. And all of a sudden, you're starting to think, is this really worth it? And then you throw in your other things. So some people have Crunchyroll. Some people have Verb. Some people have Rooster Teeth, like mm-hmm. me. So you, I feel like everybody's going to have their one more niche content provider that they pay for. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be at least another 10 bucks. Also Amazon Prime, while it that's more like Multi- a hard, It is multi-service. It's, so it's, so it's more like 9 or 10 bucks a month if you divide it. It's usually like 100. Right. Uh, 100, I think it's going up this like 120? year. Like it's, it was $99 a year. Yeah. It's going up, um, yeah. So yeah. And if you pay monthly, it's more. But like it is... It but is the way I look at it, just year. like with the cable, is that regardless if it's multi-purposeful um, or not, it's still a bill that you're monthly having to pay, basically, and you only have so much money a month. Right. So regardless, I'm treating it more as a monthly expense and not as a monthly service specifically for a video because that's how kind of I look at Netflix and Hulu as like a utility for yeah. like my bills. Essentially. And same thing with Amazon, you know. That's the way I treat my music service, you know. Yeah. So that's the way I'm going to treat all those video services. But unlike music, where you can get all your music under one platform, whichever one you choose, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, Very close, yeah. you can be happy with just one of those. For video, for the most part, for the longest time, we've been very content with Netflix and Hulu, and now the recent addition of Prime has kind of been filling in the gaps, mm-hmm. you know. And for most people, they already have Prime, so it's just been like, oh, cool. You know? I can just yeah, watch I've, movies on I it. forgot about that. Like, I was using Prime to buy stuff, like, and then have it sent to my door, and I'm like, oh, I can watch videos too? Yeah. Cool. So, for most people, that's not the main objective of getting set service. But, of course, with D- Disney and DC's entries, it's specifically for video. That's mm-hmm. the main objective there. So, that changes the context. So, basically, for people who are looking 
basically the reason why we've been able to do so many services is because you've been looking at replacing a bill, mm-hmm. you know, as this is an alternative. But now it's crossing that boundary, so now it's not becoming as relevant, you know, um, as far as price-wise. And you're taking the edge off of one of the most competitive parts of this field. And this is just the beginning, mm-hmm. because if I feel like these will be successful, but only just, and it could be successful enough to launch um, um, ventures from other companies mm-hmm. who will also, at this point, be more cash grabs, if anything. Right. I feel like these two companies, especially because they're looking at original content, are really driving for quality here. But I feel like any company that try, tries to jump in on this train or yank their content from Netflix and Hulu and try to build something independent, it's going to be solely based on money and money alone. Right. And, and that's going to drive... they're going to have to, like, they're going to have to have a massive, like, catalog of content just to be able to make yeah. a dent in the market. Um, one thing... So, well, a couple things. Uh, the first thing is, I feel like the idea that most people are going to want... Um, the content from all of the subscription service at once. I think we're outliers on that. I think um, most people don't have time to consume right. the amount of content that they want from a from a given service, let alone from like multiple different services. So if you're if it, I think it mostly uh, comes down to like people watching movies or no people watching TV. Like if you're watching TV, you're gonna decide which. Um, like, you may not have multiple services. You may decide, okay, the TV that I want to watch is on Hulu, or I'm really interested in Netflix's original programming, so I'm going to stick with Netflix, or I'm really digging Amazon Prime, not really interested in what Hulu has to offer, so I'm not going to deal with that. So you're going to pick and choose which ones are giving you what you want. In terms of movies, I don't think that Netflix... I don't. Netflix is good if you aren't particular about what you're watching and you just want to watch whatever because you can spend hours just scrolling through yeah. whatever Netflix has to offer and it's probably not going to be great um, regardless I mean there are some gems in there you know some of Netflix's movies right, are, but you percentage are really wise percentage wise so like if you want to watch something specific you're better off going to Amazon Google video renting it um, I forget what my other thing was um well, if I may interject, yeah, like you, you can think about what you're thinking. Was what I was thinking was like, yes, you're at like you're getting all these services, but you're again, like you said, like you're going for specific reasons for specific shows that you want to watch. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I like this, 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 and this, and you can cancel those at any time. With um, with cable, basically, you're you're buying the whole package, and yeah. you're having to do you have to filter through that stuff to watch the things that you want to watch with streaming services is more particular and then you can cut out the things that you don't like and then you can narrow it down if there's a show if there's like a network or a streaming service that you don't care for or it's just it's starting to get worse and worse you can just cut it out with cable it's like oh, I still gotta stick with it because of this show or this show um, the other thing I wanted to point out was um, as uh, streaming services are rising to prominence you have uh, other aspects of TV trying to get in on the market. So, for instance, um, I'm sure that each of the major sports networks have their own streaming service mm-hmm. that you can subscribe to yeah. um, to just get that. And I'm sure, uh, or I would imagine that it's a similar price to your Netflix or your Hulu uh, or what have you. Um, the other thing is, 
I completely forgot where I was going with that. But uh, yeah, so I think I think in general, um, you know, cable TV is kind of on the outs, and I think they're panicking a little bit. Um, so they're kind of trying to jump into the market. Is um, that's a that's a good thing. But another thought that I also like to leave on is not about what does this mean for cable, but I think it's a bigger picture and what of this means for content in general. Because another thing that's important to think about as we move on from this is that we're dealing with a finite market here because yeah. it's demanding money up front. Um, say you have $100 for budget for content that you're purchasing mm-hmm. per month. Um, one thing that's been really big recently, especially with places like Patreon, is that you're helping independent creators uh, fund their projects yeah. and uh, allowing them to get to a point where they can fund themselves and such. Um, these big companies, like say Disney, it's not worried about money, but mm-hmm. yet they're going to make you pay more for the content that you are already paying for in different outlets. Right. And that's go- and and because of the subscription format, it is it's going to be taking from that pool of money you would put elsewhere, as far as one-time things like Twitch mm-hmm. or Patreon. And to me, that's also a concern. I think it's also this isn't just bad for cable, but I think it's bad for content in general, as you are now eventually going to be. Deciding where to put your money for content is going to be a much bigger battle than it used to be in the coming years. Okay. You know, um, and it has me worried. You know. Yeah. No, that's that's fair, and especially considering, um, well, one one thing to to kind of think about is as new streaming services uh, are are launched, uh, if you will, if if there's a market for them, like if if they take their content off right. of the the streaming services that they already have and start their own. If they're successful, they'll continue forward and hopefully there'll be more content and you know, people will have to choose where they're gonna go mm-hmm. and that's that could be, you know, kind of a pain and you know, heartache and all that sort of thing. Um, but if it's not successful, it's just gonna get redistributed back to yeah, the streaming services that's true. that were already there. This is um, all presuming that everything works out. Yeah. Right. So there yeah. You go. Cool. So with that, Alex, I think I'll switch over to my thing then. So Something that I've had my eye on for a little while, I've been meaning to talk about, is the new live-action series that um, Lucasfilm has in production, which is The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who don't know what a Mandalorian is, it is basically a super commando in the Star Wars universe. It's like a super commando culture that. So it's kind of iffy with the with the new lore because mm-hmm. the expanded universe was kind of you know put aside as legends. Yeah. So some of it might be true, some of it might not be true. Um, but basically, the way I, I know it is Boba Fett and Jango Fett, it's basically based off of them. So first you see Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back. He has this very cool armor, and people are very like intrigued by it. And then basically after that, the expanded universe takes Boba Fett and creates him into this like iconic character and is more than just like a guy in some armor like he, he there's a backstory behind his armor there's a backstory to like the culture and everything mm. then you go back and I, I i don't know how to explain it exactly because again i don't know what is canon what is not canon yeah it's tricky um but basically what what this is is that it's it's based off of a so the tv show is going to be set after the events of return of the jedi so it's right. before The Force Awakens, before The First Order. It's I think it's supposed to be three years after Return of the Jedi. Okay. So the Empire has fallen. The New Republic is you know being set up. 
and the Mandalorian, which is what the story revolves around, is like a lone gunfighter out in the the outskirts of the galaxy, just walking, like you know, basically doing his thing. Again, we have, that's our premise, basically. That's what we know so far. <laughs> we know a lot of the directors that are going to be a part of it, um, and a lot of them are very, like, very decent, or at least names that I know or that I've, if I looked up, I'm like, all right, those are movies that I've heard about and that they're really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I guess I. For me personally, I have my eye on this show because I really like the culture that the character is based off of. The Mandalorians. They are the or, or rather the culture that the character spawned in the expanded universe. Basically, kind of... yeah, because it's it's all ba- like again, it's all based off of Boba Fett, but it's not mm-hmm. in a way because it's his armor. But then in the expanded universe that is now canon, we have heard things that say, oh, he just stole that armor. Oh, his father, Jango Fett, just stole that armor, so he's not what a Mandalorian is. Mm. And if you've watched the Clone Wars TV show, we see a little bit of what Mandalore is. Um, and what it used to be. What it used to be, and it's explained and expanded on even even further in Star Wars Rebels. Now, I think they got some stuff right. I think they got some stuff like really wrong. Mm. Personally, because Mandalorians is like a like a like a warrior culture, basically. Like they live to be warriors and fighters and mercenaries, basically. But in the Clone Wars, they kind of try to abandon that culture and be a pacifist society, which, when we first found out about it, really annoyed a lot of us fans. We, we were pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, that was, that was not what we signed on for. <laughs> this is not okay. Yeah. So I'm. A, I'm interested in seeing what they do with this story because, again, being a hardcore Star Wars fan, but I don't, I don't even know what that means anymore because hardcore Star Wars fan for me is like, all right, I've read a lot of the books, I know a lot of the characters, even though that they aren't like real in the what is canon right now. That's that's what I see as a, like a hardcore Star Wars fanboy, I guess. So I'm I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing what they do with this and. I mean, I don't want to be ranting, like talking about it a lot, but I want to hear your thought, your guys' thoughts on yeah. on it, because it's going to be. So, I believe it's going to be on the Disney streaming service, okay. or the Star Wars streaming. Is it? I don't think it's Star Wars. No, 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 it's Disney. It's Disney. Yeah, it's going to be on the upcoming Disney streaming service that's coming out late next year. They've started production on the TV sh- series, but we don't know when exactly it is coming out. So I'm assuming that's going to be coming out within the next year or two. Hmm. Because it's going to come out on that streaming service, which comes out late next year, so it might be... It might be a debut programming. If so, then they it might do like really good, good, or they'll probably crash. Their system will crash. I I like to say a piece that's not based on the lore, because I'm not as well as form of the lore, but one thing that I am very invested in is the fact that this is Star Wars' first entry into a TV series. A live-action TV series. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. going to be... Yeah, I should specify. Yeah, my bad. Um... They, they have had plans for it in the past, but mm-hmm. nothing's really coming. It's, it's going to be monumental for the franchise as a whole because mm-hmm. I think that Star Wars, I mean, we've seen it with the Clone Wars, makes an excellent serialized content. It, it can be. Yeah. yeah. And so like... I'd love to, I'd love basically Star Wars to get that Game of Thrones treatment, you mm-hmm. know, and see where they can take it. And the but... thing about Star Wars is, like, when George Lucas created it, his idea was, I want to make a serialized, like, yeah. 
like seri- like the, the it was old, never just like, one movie right it was supposed to be like in sequence like these things happen it's supposed to have this flavor it's like it's like the flash Gordon movies or whatever mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it was a TV show or I think it was also a comic yeah but like the the whole like like it comes out it's like they're episodic like mm. it's, they all tie in together and like it's all supposed to be connected always focused on, like Star Wars has always been focused on big picture right. stuff exactly yeah which is which is interesting because with this one, it's not going to be based off of the big picture, I don't believe, because they're right. going to be on the outskirts of the galaxy. It's going to be this soul, like this one guy going about. Again, I don't know much of the story, but it sounds pretty cool because if you know Mandalorians or like, for Star Wars fans, you hear the word Mandalorian, you're like, okay, these guys are cool. So if you hear that there's going to be a TV series about them, then you're starting to get excited. But again, it's just one character that we know of so far. But even watching that as a live-action character that focuses on that as opposed to just seeing them as like a side character in the movies or in the TV show, that gets me hyped, mm-hmm. basically. Now, for a lot of people who has only just watched the movies, the Mandalorians may not seem like that big of a deal outside of Boba and Jenga. However... Um, and I'm sticking with canon content here. If you've watched Star Wars: The Clone Wars, they've done a lot of stuff talking about Mandalorians. How is how has the Clone Wars itself changed uh, Mandalorians? Um, again, they. So when listening to Dave Filoni, who was like a producer and director of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, a lot of it, and um, Rebels as well, right? Yeah, Rebels and Resistance right now. Um, he explained that a lot of the lore is real that we've heard from the stuff that isn't canon anymore, specifically, or the legend stuff. They're just picking and choosing from it. And Basically, they're, they're meshing and molding. Yeah. They're like, all right, we're taking some of this, some of this, we like this. Yes, this did happen. Now they're trying to come up with a Mandalorian society that is more peaceful. Like, they don't want to go back to their, you know, uh, their warlike, warlike roots. roots base. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, they're, I guess they're trying hard. Um, and. They took a, like a, a sect or a segment of the Mandalorian culture, which is more extremist, I'd say, or extremists, which yeah, is extremists, called yeah. yeah. Extremist is the uh, the Iron it's, Man. Yeah, armor. it's, the, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> when you glow yeah. and you can burn stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and you breathe fire. Yeah, there you go. yeah, it's pretty close, you know. <laughs> potato, potato. <yeah. laughs> one's extreme and one's extreme with fire, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, extremely hot. <laughs> extremists, which are called the Death Watch, which are they're they're like would you say that they're like the the, the bad stepbrother of the Mandalorians? They're like they're the ones they're that are like radical Mandalorians. <laughs> yeah, because like, Mandalorians are mercenaries basically. And like, well, you know, well, okay. So here's the thing: um, they're clans too. So there's a there's a difference between the the things that were kind of set up in the the expanded universe and what they did for Clone Wars. And right. I think one of the major differences was in the expanded universe, like. The Mandalorian culture not only was a warrior culture, but it was also a mercenary culture, and everyone had like their own unique thing. The the whole uh, one of the premises was that Mandalorian culture accepted anyone. Like it didn't matter mm. what race you were, uh, what gender you were. It only mattered if you were willing to like buy into this like warrior culture to like uh, and to like raise children in this culture, like to. Like, you can be grafted into the Mandalorians regardless of who you are as long as you are a proven warrior and you're willing to, like, buy into the, the ethos of it. Basically, um, they're, they're very strongly attached to the belief that family and clans is everything. The I'm not sure if that's 
well, race-wise, I think the the new Mandalorian culture is exclusively human. Mm-hmm. I think that's correct. That's what they explained. Uh, what Dave Filoni explained. He said oh, like okay. it's not it's not a mishmash of cultures and and like different societies so much. It's more like warrior military esque based. I suppose. But, but the the difference between um, expanded universe and Clone Wars is that um, rather than being individuals who are mercenaries for like are mercenaries to different people the mandalorian culture is we're mandalorian super commandos we're an army you can hire this army like period gotcha. yeah um and that's what I the separatists that's... do in the in the tv yeah. show and then they can't do do who portrays them I think um, the thing that puts them in... I think they've always been considered on a more negative light because they've been much more utilized by the Separatists. Well, not only that, they have come in contact and they've, they've basically... There's been a lot of uh, conflict between them and the Jedi, so they there's, there's going to be no love lost between them and the Jedi. <laughs> um, and, again, I haven't watched all of Star Wars Rebels, but they do actually flesh it out more as the cl- there's certain clans that come together okay. and there is there can be a specific leader if they have a certain thing mm-hmm. which in the expanded universe like there was someone called the mandalore which is like the like the top tier like the the, the big guy like pretty like primo an, an elected official <laughs> yeah. that's the, like the one that who speaks for yeah. the the disparate the, clans the one who proves him or herself as the leader of all of the mandalorians like it, like if this guy calls on you you have to answer. Mm-hmm. That's it, basically. From like wherever you are in the galaxy. It's like if you're like, a Mandalorian, you gotta go. Just, that's just so, how it works. Um, speaking about Mandalorians specifically, and as someone who is knowledgeable about the expanded universe, given where they are right now, what is your thoughts? Like, I think that they're going back towards being more of the mercenary. Because again, looking at the story that they're coming up with here for the TV show, it looks like it's more. It's not like a specific army that you can hire. It's it's one guy. It's a mm-hmm. it's a guy who's going around and he's. I'm guessing he might be like a gun for hire. It looks that way. Um, so I think they're going back to making Mandalorians or specific Mandalorians more unique as opposed to being a generic army that you can train and then be sent to battle if you have enough credits. So so here's here I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, the one thing is the the through line for the Mandalorians, I think, goes like this: you start off with um, like a, a group of super commandos, like the the highest trained, the best uh, armed and armored, like mercenaries money can buy, and then eventually you transition from that to the uh, pacifist people that are just trying to like make economic um, decisions and trying to keep their people safe and like closed off and like. Uh, isolationist trying to mm-hmm. get involved that sort of thing um and then it transitions like at the i think it's at the end of the the clone wars or at least at, at the end of one of the arcs pretty close um, the the death watch takes over and starts the process of returning the mandalore to the super commando uh kind of aspect of their lives um and then from there i think after a certain point i think it would uh make sense if that kind of phrase a little bit so like it's it's not as um, how do I want to say this? It's not as structured. Like you still have the um, the warrior subculture, mm-hmm. but it's not. 
they're not part of a group necessarily like they're hiring themselves out individually like some of them are breaking off they're exploring their individualism um, they do and, have a couple characters in Rebel, the Rebels like that. That are kind of doing their own thing? Well, yeah, or some of them, they have to leave because either the Empire hires them out, and then they're like, no, we don't want to work for the Empire, they, they suck. So mm -hmm. we basically go off and do our own thing. One of them being um, Sabine Wren, who is one of the main characters in the TV show. Like, she has to leave her clan, basically, because mm -hmm. of something that happened. And she is um, very much not one of the... You not know, a typical Mandalorian. Not, she's, not one of the, okay, I'm wearing blue and gray, and that's kind of <laughs> no, 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 no. She is very she's into very having, like, yeah. <laughs> she colors her armor, like, every season. She's one of those people. It changes, like, my hair, you know? Yeah, she does that, too. Yeah, every single season, I think. You, you know she has a Tumblr block. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and that's one of the things that I do appreciate about Star Wars Rebels. Again, I have not watched the entire show, but I've seen snippets of it. And I've watched enough of the clone, like, like the Mandalorian parts of mm -hmm. it, to know that they're, it looks like they're going back to the roots of being like, all right, they're different clans that are very firmly, like, like they, they, they focus very strongly on family, and they can all gather together under one banner if this one person does one thing, like the Mandalore. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's others that are seen, or they, or they are basically... They're being ruled uh, by the Empire, so they can't really gather together and you know unify against that okay. to do what they want to do. So it, again, it looks like they're becoming more individualistic mm -hmm. with the characters. Like again, with Sabine Wren in the Rebels, she has to go off for a very specific reason, but it's it's more unique uh, Mandalorians than what we were shown in the Clone Wars, basically, which was like a military aspect. Where they're all uniform colored and uh, yeah. yeah, very generic. Yeah, yeah, uh, very much so. One of the things that really interests me about this is I'm I'm interested in the the idea, especially in in Marvel and Star Wars, of like different genre movies within what you already like within the the story. Yeah. Lines. yeah. So like Guardians of the Galaxy is like a sci-fi like. You know, it's a sci-fi movie. It's yeah. like it's, it's like a comedy action too. comedy. It's a, yeah, action comedy. So and exactly. actually focusing on being a comedy and not actually oh, it also got funny bits. You right. Know? And then Winter Soldier is like is like a Cold War thriller. Like or it's espionage. like a, it's like an eighteen yeah nineteen eighties uh, espionage movie essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have um, for star using Star Wars as an example, Rogue One isn't. Like it's not a space opera; it's a war movie. Yeah, and like, I like a heist. Her, you know? I rewatched yeah. it recently, and I really like. Well, well, Solo is more of a heist movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was getting yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I was yeah. No, that's fine. So like, I'm really interested in the idea of them playing with like, okay, so like all of these happen at the same time, and they all kind of have the same flavor, but they're different genres of movie, and I'm really interested in that. And then I think this TV show sounds like a western to me. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and like, and and Star Wars definitely has like Western vibes to it, and especially Solo has a as a just kind of a like right. Han Solo has like a a very cowboy vibe to him. <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit. Like, there's you know, hijacking a train and everything. You know, uh, stealing yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there's a there's a bunch of Western in Solo, but I feel like this just hearing about this is like I want to see a TV show. That's just the good, the bad, and the ugly in Star Wars, mm -hmm. where you just have this like this badass mother effer who's just wa walking through like deserted towns and like into these 
like criminal underworlds and just like kicks ass. <laughs> like doesn't say that much, but is just like the coolest dude. Right. I mean, that that's you're ever going to encounter. Kind, as far as the speaking part, that's kind of what Darth Vader was. He didn't say much, but whatever he. Well, or Boba Fett. Boba Fett oh, said true. almost nothing. <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> and we love better example, and it's actually and he Mandalorian. Was the coolest guy <laughs> in get, the entire series. I hope they get this one right because they they had the chance with Phasma in the new Star Wars movies to be like that kind of character mm. and I feel like they basically butchered it but with this one it seems like he can be more unique he's not tied to from what I think I don't think he's tied to anyone or anything mm -hmm. in this and, and again it'll like, be interesting to see how that like if yeah, there are like, ties that kind of really wrap it around the yeah like what is he story. connected to if there is anything and what is his goal is he just a mercenary mm -hmm. is he just trying to survive like what is what is he going for basically and again you're it's it looks like it's gonna be more like a Western because um, from the set images it looks a lot like they are on Tatooine I don't know if they are mm -hmm. but it seems like he's just wandering the streets or there's like a cantina that he's probably gonna go into it's a Star Wars movie he's gonna be in a cantina the doors open <laughs> yeah, everybody stops drinking and playing and you know yeah. music and be like oh you've got a bit over there on the keyboard just like that <laughs> well this is a Star Wars alien, by the way, people. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Put that next to the nerds who didn't know what your intro was. <laughs> I'm really excited for the directors for the episode because we don't know who, which episodes they're directing, but we do have um, Dave Filoni, who is going to be um, directing one of the episodes at least. And again, he is the he's a producer and director of Star Wars uh uh, the Clone Wars, Resistance, Rebels, um, and those are, well, I don't know a lot about Resistance, but Clone Wars has done pretty well. Rebels is decent from what I've heard, so at least a little bit, um, and we'll see with Resistance. But he also did a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender, which, as you guys know me, I absolutely love. That's solid. It's, it's very good storytelling, so he, he does know how to tell a good story. Um, and that's, they, that's a, by the way, especially more crucial in a TV series than a movie because a movie you can get away with a lot more distractions being like theatricals and action and all that stuff. TV series, if you do not have a good story, is just straight up going to fail. Yeah, there's, there's no there's distraction can that do. can keep you from that. And you, know? you really got to tie like a, a, you know, smaller arcs into larger ones and really like oh, get yeah. a storyline. It's so important, in there. you know. Yeah, looking at the directors, I am wondering if the like the feel of the episodes are going to be very different because with other TV shows, I've noticed that they're pretty, they're able to stay pretty like pretty on level as like with tone, mm. I suppose, even though they have different directors. But with this one, it seems like they have like kind of a mix and match because they have Dave Filoni, they have uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who I mostly know for being an actress. She was in uh, Jurassic Park and she was um, Gwen Stacy in Spider Man Three. So was she really? She, yeah, she was. Wow. Yeah, all right. She was, <laughs> she was that one. <laughs> I, I guess I thought she Maybe was Maybe you blocked that out from your mind. Well, she also doesn't look... She doesn't have red she hair She's super blonde. Yeah, she's very blonde. But no, yeah. that's weird. They also have uh, Taiko Watiti, who directed Thor Ragnarok, okay. who's going to be all directing right. an episode of this. So, uh, thinking of the vibe that his... <laughs> he did that... It's kind of weird pulling in... Like, yeah, talking about Star Wars I, and pulling in different people yeah. doing the same... Yeah. So, don't get me wrong... He's a great director, but...
but I'm wondering what the vibe of this TV show is going to be and how it's how the tone is going to be throughout the episodes. I was going to say, keeping it, the, I feel like if you want the tone to stay consistent, you might not want to hire Taika Waititi. Like, he's, he's not exactly known it, for... Uh, for uh, compliant, you know, dark, gelling. gritty stuff. Yeah. Are you going to go from like something that's very like you know down to earth, like oh you're having a scrap in a street, and is then it, and then the next episode with uh, Watiti just going to be like a goofy like oh he goes into a bar and gets drunk. And it's going to be like, that weird spinoff episode that you pretend doesn't exist exactly. in the series. It's like that one is just like oh. the uh, what was it the Absorbaloff episode from Doctor Who? Pretty it's funny you say. I was literally about to refer to Doctor Who as someone who deals with a lot of different directors, but yeah. has to stay with a certain style, and for the most part, is are successful. Fairly consistent. Like you get some real stinkers in there. <laughs> you really do. Well, that makes me slightly nervous, but I, I can't help but still be kind of. In- I'm wondering it's definitely what it's interesting. Be like. Yeah, it definitely yeah. makes me want to watch it more. But at the same time, it definitely it makes me more anxious. Concern, about yeah. It. Huh. Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously Very optimistic. optimistic. Yeah, I've got that. Um, I am. I do see. I do think um, the production is going to be really good because mm. it's Star Wars. It's Disney. Of course, it's going to be like the that. The production quality is usually pretty good. Usually, <laughs> I mean, it, ILM is known for groundbreaking visual effects. Whether or not they hold up uh, after, let's say. 10 years. Oh, I don't uh, know, yeah. 15 years. <laughs> Star Wars uh, Episode 1. <laughs> but um, I've heard that the estimated budget is going to be $100 million, which is pretty good for a 10-episode, you know, TV show right. season. I mean, it's not Amazon's Lord of the Rings, which is what? Like we still don't know. $500 million. We talked about that <laughs> on the last ridiculous. podcast, and like we don't know what's going on with that show. Even though, yeah, yeah, we we talked about I don't know what if it's Lord of the Rings or not, but yeah, we we talked what little there was to talk about it last week, and In it's still not a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we, I think we, I think, well, we've talked about we it. We were, I think, we heard that the Lord of the Rings, that Amazon was going to be making a Lord of the Rings show. Before we heard about this show that was yes. going to be in production. Oh, yeah, no, this is a more and recent we don't thing. know anything about that one, but we already know a premise for this yeah. one, and it's in production right now. So what gives Amazon? I mean, I think... I want to say Disney... Disney has set a precedent recently for pushing out content mm-hmm. uh, at... You know, we'll probably talk a little bit about this in the next segment, but mm. <laughs> at a at a increased rate than is perhaps advisable. It's much more than what we used to get for Star Wars content. So getting one or two movies a year, in terms of Star Wars, um, I mean, w- they've kind of backed off on that a yeah. little bit. Um, but I mean, I think that speaks to how soon we're hearing about this. That they're just kind of they're they're pushing out content. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to get us excited, even though sometimes we haven't been very excited about Star Wars. Yeah, I. It's it's difficult to say like whether or not this is going to be successful on its own legs. Like until we see stuff from it, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure how it's going to land. I, mean, I I don't know either. Like again, I'm very excited just by the title and looking at the creators of it because. You've it's got, got a lot of promise. You've got John Favreau uh, like at the helm producing and writing for it, and he's done stuff like he's done Iron Man, he's just done Chef. He did Iron Man too, but I just want to say that it's probably not entirely his fault. I, I really was, don't I would think. Say, yeah, yeah, because they had to have like a filler movie yeah. for the other Marvel movies. I'd say. Well, so, I think I think he's even gone on record. Uh, I mean, we were having this conversation earlier. 
where Chef, uh, the movie that he made. Very good uh, movie. Very good movie. But the basic premise of the movie is uh, he's like a five-star chef uh, who's working in this restaurant, and he gets, like, the, the premise of him working in the restaurant was that he gets to make his own menus, and then his, uh, the manager, the owner of the restaurant, was like, no, you're going to make, like, these are the things that people want, and so you're going to make these, and then when he, while he's doing what his boss told him to do, a reviewer comes in and is like, "This is bland and uninteresting. I'm not a fan." And so, like, it's a, it's a, it's a punishing review. And he's like, "If I could just do what I wanted to do, I would have been able to make a good impression menu." Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but and then so like after that, he goes and and runs a food truck, and it's small, and but he can do whatever he wants, right. and it's hugely successful. So like um, that's kind of I think that's a reflection of maybe what John Favreau is trying to say with what he's able to do. Right, like he basically he had a lot of freedom in the first Iron Man movie, um, and got to do pretty much. I mean, I don't know for sure. He but reinvented like, Iron Man. It's pretty. It's pretty obvious that he kind of got to do whatever he wanted in the first Iron Man movie. Like there wasn't a lot. Like, they didn't know on. what to stop him from doing or what to tell him he should do because it was right. like new territory. And yeah. I think it's pretty obvious in the second Iron Man movie that there was a lot more producer input, and that's probably to the movie's de- detriment. Um, also, yeah, so. really early on for Marvel movies, where they were still figuring out what makes a good Marvel movie, right? Make, they were makes still a bad trying to nail movie. the formula. I think again, they were just trying to fill up some time before the next Marvel movie. Because that, that was their out. third movie, right? Like they had kind yeah. of Iron Man, oh, no, it was Hulk. Iron Man and Hulk came out the same year, but Hulk they was from a different production. Month. Yeah, so yeah. to be fit, so that's technically no. Actually, they're both. I mean, they might be different uh, Hulk studios. Hulk Paramount. Nope, they're, well... Universal. Universal? It was distributed by Universal, but I think it's still Marvel Studios, because they still, they had, um, they had Robert Downey Jr. in the end credits. Right. It's definitely the most impact they had from a separate company other than their own, and all, it's the only one that has a little asterisk on it. I, I, I agree with you. I think that Marvel Studios was still in charge of it, mm-hmm. but I feel like Universal also had input, whereas... Yeah. All of their other movies, zero input from outside sources. That seems you know? likely. Um, but yeah. Um, anything you want to add on to that? Or? I, I guess i just say that I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I am kind of confused but excited by the directors. <laughs> um, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's and all. again, Mar- like Disney is trying to pump out a lot of stuff like at a very quick like pace. pace yeah, basically. Um with Star Wars beforehand, we would have maybe like three or four years between each movie back when they were first coming out, and then it was like maybe two years between mm. each movie. And no, it's, it's uh, so... It's 1977. 77, 80, 83, and then 99, 2002, and 2005. Yeah. So, so it's three year spaces. And now we're down to two year, two year spaces in between yeah. the, ten, so, the yeah. tentpole movies, Yeah. and then two years in, well... We had Rogue One, and then we had uh, Solo on alternating years, um, and like even 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 having two years in between the tentpole movies seemed like not enough time, because like the major ingredient for movies, I think, is time to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, and like if you don't have time, you're going to make mistakes. You wanna. You want to use that to catapult yourself into this last bit here? Sure, yeah. Let's, I feel like that's a great transition, way to people. Perfect. And speaking of uh, not having enough time, 
Uh, I would like to talk about, uh, let, let's do a retrospective of The Last Jedi, because mm. it's been almost a year since it came out, um, and uh, we all saw it multiple times, I think. Yeah, um, I've seen it three times now, I believe. I've seen it three times, I've but the third three, time three was like times. over the span of a couple of weeks where I kind of watched that's, it, kind of didn't. That's weird. I'm not sure. I watched. It was on Netflix, okay? Oh, I'm okay. like, oh, sometimes I'll Fair watch it. Fair enough. I watched it twice in theaters and once on DVD. Okay. So there was a span between the second and third viewing, but the first two were in the same week. All right, so. fair enough. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what are your thoughts on the movie after having not seen it for a year? Or, I you can go first after having a year to, to think about it. I was personally worried because I, this was the first Star Wars movie I did not see. I can't remember if I saw. Oh, I did see. No, no, okay. So this was the first Star Wars movie um, that I didn't see uh, launch date. Okay. Up to opening this point, night. yeah, I've been. I watched Rogue One and uh, Force Awakens both on their opening nights. Yeah. I wanted that hype, and I feel like that's also kind of really good to have in those movies. Yeah. This one, I didn't get around to it, and I wasn't late to it. I was in, like, the the beginning of the next week after the opening weekend. Mm -hmm. But that being said, just about all my friends had already seen it at that point because it was right. such a big deal. Um, a lot of my friends shared concerns, so it brought my expectations of the movie down going into it. Okay. Having in that retrospect, I didn't have many complaints coming out of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't the case, I'd have a lot more complaints coming out of it. Yeah. People lowered my expectations. I was watching the movie a lot more closely about inconsistencies and then just hard-to-follow things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was able to grasp the movie a lot better if I had not been warned previously. Okay. That being said, watching it a second time, I was only reaffirmed about my beliefs because hearing the controversy i was sure it's like was it just the hype of seeing it for the first time and all these stuff mm -hmm. watch it the second time nope i was right which is i really think it's a great movie it's definitely not a perfect um star wars movie um i think that there is a plot that we all know what what i'm talking about that's completely irrelevant and could just be taken out from the movie as a whole yeah but besides that i really liked how it was i especially loved Luke Skywalker's portrayal in this movie okay. um, and that was I feel like really important and that's a controversial point but I really liked it and I think that's really what drove the movie and I really liked how well themed this movie was which is something we've, we've been missing ever since the prequel movies mm -hmm. you know um, and yeah I have some complaints of course but my general um, rundown is this is this was definitely a fantastic movie it took risks and I think most of those risks paid off in okay. my eyes um, I would say, well, I want to point out, you and I both went and saw the movie at the same time. So what, what, <laughs> our, so, our, our first viewing, where we just came out of the theater, like, I don't, I don't know what I watched. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then I remember, because I got home here, and there was like a Christmas party going on, and everyone knew I went to see oh. Star Wars. So I come in, and everyone's just like, so how was it? I'm like, I don't know. Were, I really don't know. You were guys. one of the people that made me concerned and lowered my expectations. So I'm like, I can't tell you guys anything, because if I do, then it will spoil some stuff. Oh. Um, so I was really confused about the movie when I first saw it. Second time around, I was able to basically, like, calm my nerd self a little bit <laughs> while I'm watching it. And let's, and let, let's be like, clear, you're someone who has been very informed about the expanded universe and has seen all the movies. And well, Gordon is too, so we were both going No, I know. Like, I'm just like, putting this what? perspective, like, you're... The, as, 
the nerd rage is strong in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's no doubt about that. So if you're someone who's listening is like, yeah, but I listen to um uh, sorry, I watch all the movies and on top of that know all the expanded universe, well two of our three panelists also know that too. So just know that those opinions are validated. No, I would I would call us relatively informed in opinions. Yeah. Yeah, I know a couple of things. Um so I was able to enjoy it the second time around. I'm like, all right, I'm getting past the shock of watching the first time. Um, so I didn't know what to look for, not what to like sleep through, being this the, the arc that you talked about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what to sleep through? Ouch! Yeah, I'm not wrong though. Um, no, I'm just saying like if you have to say that for a part of a movie, that's not good. It's, the, <laughs> it's, it's basically the part of the movie where you're just like, all right, uh, this is the part the part where I go and take a bathroom break. It is exactly. Yeah. In fact, I think my first time watching it, I waited for that plot to that, uh, that arc time. to come back up. So I could take a bathroom break. It's like, okay, when they switch to this plot line, I'm gonna go for a bathroom break because <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> yeah. So I enjoyed the movie a second time around. In the last ten months, I have been back and forth on this movie basically because yeah. I've heard, I I've listened a lot to different um, outlets. I've listened to a lot of people on YouTube. I've been reading articles. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Or you're right. Well, well you're right. I don't, I don't know, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what you, I feel. In the moment watching the so, video, you were like, yes, yes. And then you hear different opinions, like, oh, but I also wait, really agree with yeah, this no, person. No, it's, like the, it's like when, it's like when uh, Kylo Ren just says, I'm being torn apart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? It's right. I feel it. You're tearing me <laughs> apart, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking about the movie. Um, I need to watch it in, in its entirety in one sitting again because watching it in, like, spaces doesn't really help I don't think there's a lot of stuff that I do like like it looks amazing um, some of the characters are absolutely great some of the characters I really really hate you guys know which <laughs> characters I'm talking about um, I, with Luke Skywalker I feel like them taking a chance on his character was good I appreciate what they did the thing is is that I think that uh, hopefully everyone's seen this, The Last Jedi by now. Yeah. But I really, really think that they should have had more going on with him. Like, basically more time for him to do stuff. Because they were like, oh, he's at the end of, of uh, The Force Awakens for like 30 seconds. And oh, he's in this movie. Yeah. But guess what? Now he's gone. So I feel like he should have had more of an arc than just being like, oh, well, the Jedi suck. Oh, I'll do one last thing and then I'll be done. And I know that they're gonna probably have him as a Force Ghost in the new movie, um, or something like that, because Mark Hamill did confirm that he's in the new movie. Yeah. But I feel like him being on the island the entire time was not enough for me. I needed him to have more character growth, more of a progression from being like, oh, the Jedi suck to, oh, there's some stuff that I can still do. Oh, I really need to do certain things. I also. He didn't really train Rey. He told her like two or three things, and then she did some stuff herself, and yeah. then she left. He said that he's like, I have three things for you to learn. She never learned the third thing. We <laughs> forgot that he said that. It's <laughs> like, okay, oh, yeah. you're right. There was three things, and he never taught the third thing. We remember him like, again, I'm ranting. So that's what I yeah. felt about the okay. movie. I, I will want to, on that note, I want to throw something back at you. What happened when Luke went for training with Yoda? He jumped around and flipped, and he tried his 
hand at the force and he sometimes got it sometimes he didn't and then, and then left without being completely trained no but he had also had at least a couple of years to be able to hold a lightsaber i think i think the the major difference between empire strikes or the training aspect of empire strikes back and the last jedi is um so there are two things that i think uh are a problem one is that they had the they had Rey landing on the island at the end of Force Awakens, which means that it has to pick up immediately afterwards, or things have to have happened before the movie starts, mm-hmm. right? Like, either you pick up immediately where it ends and go from there, or you have to be like, okay, she's been on this island and she's been training the entire time. Which I would have appreciated. I think that... Because all of the Star Wars movies, you know, have a period of months or years in between yeah, the, yeah, the other true. movies. This one kind of locked itself into that. The, yeah. other, the other thing is, when they put one of the like the the through line of the movie is okay. We have a limited amount of time before the ship runs out of fuel, so everything that has to that's going to happen has to happen within a twenty four hour period. So she doesn't have time to get any meaningful training in before she narratively has to make it back to wherever she's going. I'm pretty sure Luke had days training with Yoda, and Yoda was willing, willingly training him. Days, if not weeks. Yeah, because it's just like unspecified amount of time. That, but it wasn't like we don't know how long time. they were on Cloud City, Han and Leia. The, mm-hmm. It was at least a little while, at least a couple. Days. I mean, they were probably dicking around in space for uh, a few days, and then took them a couple of days to get to Cloud City, and they were there for a couple of days. Um, so, like, yeah, maybe so, a week or two. Yeah, but at least total. he was being trained every single day, and Yoda was always constantly feeding him more and more information, as opposed to Luke, who was like, I'll say some stuff, and then crabby stuff about the Jedi. <laughs> and then I'll say some stuff, and more crabby stuff. And, oh, you fell down a hole, and then had a vision. What gives? I don't know what's going on. And, yeah, it's it just didn't feel like consistent with her... I don't think that Ray was really trained. It didn't feel like she was trained in that movie, as opposed to Luke, who we see him constantly training, constantly learning. He's, you know, he's learning how to use the telekinesis part of the Force, and also look inwards and use the ability to see beyond what he can see. With Ray, there wasn't a lot. But, but to be fair, the training with Yoda didn't seem to be particularly involved itself. I think, yeah, I think looking, I feel like not having seen Empire Strikes Back recently, in comparison, I feel like you're glorifying that February. training experience a little bit more. <laughs> we literally watched it this year. Yeah, in February, but that's... That's, that's, that's recent. Uh, all I'm saying is I think you're glorifying part nostalgia... Part nostalgia. I think you are glorifying the original tra- training sequence between Luke and Yoda. I don't think a lot happened there either, and he left before Yoda finished as well, based off of Luke's but own at stubbornness. At least Yoda told him stuff himself him stuff that was meaningful. He's like, "Hey, don't do this. Stop it." And you and uh, Luke did it anyway. I, th- I think you can say the same thing about Luke, though. Like, he yeah, was, he was teaching her stuff, but he was like, he wasn't teaching her specific techniques. Which is which I think is where the time aspect comes into it. Like he was, I think he was imparting lessons to her, whether or not she like uh, implemented them right. personally. She at least heard what he had to say. Because Yoda gave no lightsaber training. Let's no. be clear on that. Yeah. No, he so was, he was not about that. Well. Yeah. <laughs> not we, anymore. <laughs> we, we thought he wasn't about that lightsaber life, but uh, <laughs> I guess he was in the prequels. Yeah. yeah. Maybe um, maybe he retired. But again, well, apparently, apparently he did. I think that Luke could have been learning some form of like 
sword fighting or like or, or some uh, at least learning it between episode like episode four and episode five at least learning techniques practiced a little bit but like yeah. there, there well, wasn't really anywhere for him to learn it from well you saw luke practicing i'm sure on there's the some sort of like you know in between internet yeah, or, in yeah. star wars you can look up videos right there's <laughs> the, right? like, the star wars how YouTube to swing a blade <laughs> the, the, huh. the holonet <laughs> Watching the holodramas about the Jedi, oh, yeah. which totally would have been a thing in the Empire. I totally want to see the Star Wars version of YouTube now. <laughs> Please, yes. I think we've already kind of seen it in the Star Wars special, but we oh. talk about that. Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Going back to yeah, um, um, edit out that part. <laughs> I Last think, Jedi, though. I think uh, that's. I think a lot of people that are complaining about Luke specifically, which is one of the biggest parts of this movie and all the complaints, is that people were complaining that they didn't see the hero, that that Luke, especially based off the expanding universe, was supposed to be at this point. That being said, my argument is that that Luke did exist, just not in this movie. And I think the reason for that is because that's what we expected Luke to do. Like, how fun... Like, we already knew that Luke was going to be the big hero and the person re-leading re the uh, surgeons of... Um, Jedi. Yeah. Did we really need to see that? They kind of inferred that with the flashbacks. Yes. <laughs> I get I that. I did want to see that. <laughs> Anecdotal here. It would have been really cool, but... But we are past that point now. We're at the stage where during that process of Luke being the head honcho Jedi, the new Yoda per se, he has now gone through a process of something bad happened with directly involving him that he feels no longer worthy to be that head honcho person anymore mm -hmm. and now has had this recession of I think the Jedi are too strict I think there's practices that are outdated and there's all these stuff and has secluded himself from all this and I feel like that's a very realistic process to go through that right. makes a lot of sense and is in my opinion a lot more interesting than just seeing what we expected from Luke Skywalker yes fulfilling as a nerd and wanting to see that come to fulfillment i get it i really do but at the same time i feel like we saw a much more intriguing arc of luke's story that we didn't see coming but makes sense still i, I think part of it is because we're, we're i think they're kind of backed into a corner in a lot of ways because mm. yeah. they they tied the new trilogy to the old characters and so they have to have all this stuff that happens in between that they can't really like they can't tell the stories of what happens in between because they're stuck with these older people like playing the characters no, well, it's 30 years between the events of return of the jedi and the force awakens right exactly and i i don't want yeah going back like i want to point out is that with a new hope and empire strikes back and all that that was a story that we had on its own and they said oh but there's some stuff that happened previously and in the previous ones we know what's going to happen in the future but it's telling a story of like how that happens and then it's like oh and then there's this reign of the empire but with this one it's like our return of the jedi and then it jumps 30 years so we had that space in between that we don't know a lot about hmm, like we yeah. know some things but they leave it to the movies to try and explain what happens and the books yeah, we're going to have to read the books. So, so one complaint that I've heard that I, I kind of agree with is, um, or, so, the the Force Awakens sets a bunch of stuff up. Like, it it, it uh, hands out a bunch of plot threads. <laughs> Which I was very excited on. for. It's like, okay, this is really interesting. I'm interested in seeing where they go with this thing. I, I want to know what happens here. And then in 
a lot of what The Last Jedi does, I feel like, cuts off a bunch of threads that we were, like... They also interested. cut off a bunch of the characters, too, that were really interesting. <laughs> so, Snoke gets set up as the big bad guy in uh, The Force Awakens. Very mysterious. Very mysterious. We don't know where he came from. I mean... The, the whole Well, unknown regions counts as we don't know where he came from. Did he come from the unknown regions? Yep. Okay, so, well, we don't Pretty know sure. why he's in charge. Fair. He's the one guy who isn't screaming all the time. That's probably why. I mean, that's that's pretty valid. There There is a lot of screaming happening in the first order. There is one thing that I've noticed, or something that somebody pointed out on YouTube that I noticed, was that with the Empire... They are all very regulated, very controlled. They are in, they're basically, like, all the yeah. leaders, they are Everybody's very, very aware. calm. Yeah, very calm. Like, there's Darth Vader, he is, he's calm and collected, but he, he shows his anger in other ways. He's not yelling and screaming and throwing mm -hmm. his lightsaber mm -hmm. about. There's Tarkin, you know, he's very in control, very posh. He's like, you know, this and this and, and this. And just think about he's when he was yelling. angry, he didn't even lash out. He's he just like, not. oh, yeah, yeah, you want to keep talking while I'm force choking you? Okay, yeah, yeah he's, let's bring it yeah, back down. He's yeah. in control, but he's letting his emotions flow. He's, he's channeling what he's doing a very specific way. With these ones, they're all out of control. They're yelling like yeah. little babies. Like, yeah. you've got... so. There's very little Including yeah, Kylo, by yeah, the way. Kylo, he's a much better character in The Last Jedi, I, in my opinion, but not he's not like the character that I was expecting because of The Force Awakens, I guess. Because okay. The Force Awakens right. went from one character kind of personality to another character personality once he took off the helmet. Mm -hmm. um, but he's still a really great character in that one. But he's also yelling a lot. He's not one, He's not a person that, you know gives you a sense of confidence or like oh yeah this guy's gonna he, lead us to victory he's not particularly scary which is one of the things like he's not or he's not menacing which is yeah. something okay. that Darth Vader I, like, you know he will kill you but you don't you don't know he's not it's not like he's unpredictable on when yeah I'd say um oh crap and with um Hux General Hux mm -hmm. how is that guy General okay one thing I would like to say uh in regards to Snoke Another one of the biggest complaints about this movie is that, um, granted, he had another movie, but Emperor Palpatine, with just the original three movies, didn't know where he came from, didn't know why he was in charge, didn't have a lot of plot development, and just was killed. But here's the thing. In Star Wars, as it, as it was created initially... A lot of what George Lucas would do is he would reference stuff and then not explain it mm -hmm. because it's supposed to be like a lived-in world where people aren't constantly explaining stuff to other people because they already know what the context is. So if you just have these like throwaway things like, you know, terms for objects or things that happened in the past or like... Everybody else are in the universe already knows what happened. The thing is, there is like there's a point A and a point B. Um, so so like in the original trilogy, you don't have to explain anything that happens. There is an empire. There used to be a republic, um, and the empire took over. That much is you know clear narratively. Yeah. You know makes sense. The emperor is referenced in the first movie. Yeah, he's like so basically taking control of the Senate completely, and it made it completely obsolete. <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> uh, so, so, so you don't um, you don't encounter the Emperor. You just hear him referenced in the first movie, and that's enough because you have the people that work for him, um, and you don't need to know how he became Emperor. 
But the thing is, once you complete that narrative arc, the Empire's like we don't we don't know what happened to the Empire. Like Yeah. Were they or, were they supposedly all on the second Death Star, so like there's no more Imperial well, forces? Well when you like, look at how the... did we, how did we get from uh the Empire being disbanded to uh the first order rising and Snoke being in charge? Well, I'd say we don't know much about the second part of that, but the first part is like we do know from uh, comic books and books themselves and and video games, the like basically the ending of the empire. They're basically like scattered and they're trying to gather one more time, which is over uh, Jakku, uh, in which is like you know the remains of the battle, and then, you know that's where we find Ray in the new movie. Force yeah, yeah, and that's some of that. Oh, actually, I'd say a lot of that is explained in Battlefront Two. Of the video game, which mm -hmm. is canon, by the way, which, which is, is yeah. But the thing is, I feel like if the major characters shouldn't have uh, mysteries associated with them that necessitates going to the expanded universe to find out the answers to the questions. That's fair. Like if there's a major, if there is, if there's a major character in the book and you don't know why, like they're there. It should be dealt with in the movie, and you shouldn't have to go elsewhere to find out why. That's fair. I, yeah, I'd say like there should be an actual character in the movie that you can understand, that you can like sort of know stuff about them because you've watched the movie. And then the icing on the cake is the other stuff, like the expanded universe, like the the lore behind them, basically. But you should have enough that explains the character so that you basically know who they are, what they are about, where they come from, and you know what they're trying to do. I, I, I will say this, there are a, a fair number of aspects to The Last Jedi that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I think Luke's arc, uh, while narrative, like, timeline-wise, I think I think the entire movie suffers from the 24-hour uh, time limit yeah. that uh, got put on it, which I think that is one of the major issues. Like, the, the, the main arc... Or like the the B, I guess the B plot, of yeah. Like, of like the fuel running. It's out weird because it starts out as the A plot, and then the other subplots take control, and then we all come back united under with, that one plot. With the other movies, Which, we didn't feel like we were we were being rushed. We were just yeah. watching a story. With this one, like we're like we know we're running out of time. There's a specific time frame for certain things to happen. But the thing is, well, so there there's a way to do it where it doesn't feel contrived and I feel like they didn't quite nail it. So like in A New Hope you have once the Empire figures out where the rebel base is, right. They're like, well, now we have That's when the clock hours. is ticking. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not ticking the entire movie. And I think that's I was about to say is like that's the difference is that the time limit of that was for the third act specifically where right, this is exactly. for almost from the beginning of the movie. You know, it gets set in the first act is when this timer starts. And the thing is, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the original cut of A New Hope, they're not even... Like, the Death Star battle doesn't have Yavin as the backdrop. That was added in afterwards, not by George Lucas, but by his wife. So the fact that the Death Star is closing in on Yavin, and there's that ticking time clock about getting this done, mm -hmm. 
isn't even in the original cut of the movie. So like the movie so it wasn't a point made for them to try and get over there. They're just like wow. if it's in view, then they can get to it already. That changes a lot for the context of it. They would have been yeah. so like it would the, nearly have been intense. There would the, be no... the rest of the movie isn't a build up to this third act time limit. The time limit was added on after the fact. The fact that it makes it really like intense is uh, a testament to the the editing skills of George Lucas's wife, who's name I don't currently remember. Um, Mrs. Lucas. I think he, yeah. I think he had... A he didn't give her a lot of credit. Um, so, where was I? Talking about time limits. Um, so, the I, I feel like that aspect of it doesn't really lend itself to having a... Like, I feel like you need to have more time in the movie. Like, all the other Star Wars movies take place over the course of multiple days. And this one, we literally have a 24-hour window, mm -hmm. uh, which... It just, might work just for like, one part of the story, but for the other parts, it just it, it doesn't yeah. work. I'd say. I think that's yeah. where the problem arises. Like yeah. that affects greatly Ray and Luke on the island. I think I think they they kind of shot themselves in the foot in Force Awakens by having Ray get to the island at the end of the movie rather than have it be, you know, the second scene, like her getting there. Be it, have maybe, it be yeah. the second scene. Maybe it could have been her flying movie. away towards the coordinates or her right, exactly. coming right across. Kind of like in, in A New Hope when Lando's like sailing off to find yeah. Han. Um, and and the other thing is like I have I have this issue and I think Marvel movies are kind of a um, a culprit in this where I feel like it's worked out for them to a certain extent, but I feel like the timing of their humor and the flavor of it doesn't necessarily work in the movie or in the moment. Yeah. Like, they're going off of the Joss Whedon playbook um, of, you know... Snappy like, humor during scenes where you don't need it. Where, where, well, I mean, I think I think Joss Whedon... He knew how to utilize it. He knew it. how to utilize it, and I think uh, other directors are doing it poorly. I feel one of the... But humor, humor in places where it shouldn't be, is a, a major peeve. Mm -hmm. But not necessarily just in the Last Jedi. I think uh, Force Awakens suffers from it a little bit as well. But um, so humor in in humor in the wrong spot is kind of is a is a gripe. Um, I don't think Rogue One had that problem really. No, it, and it wasn't really. Rogue One had funny moments, but it wasn't supposed to be a funny movie. Yeah. That's fair. And you had a character like, who could be really sarcastic, which worked. Like, the tone was consistent, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I feel like the tone in The Last Jedi was like, okay, it's either super serious or it's like weird. Like, it's weird. Well, like, yeah, because what I was talking about, the theme, the theme was like making mistakes. Yeah. And those mistakes having severe consequences, you know. But then you, and, and, I, and I get that, like, there's weird, like, bizarre stuff that happens in, like, the original movies or the, you know, the, the prequel trilogy. And I think, feel like the prequel trilogy, like, using that as an example isn't really great. Because, yeah, like, that's why there, I've been referring to of, the original. We had a lot uh, of weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, like, there's, there's weird stuff that happens, but it's contextual. Like, it's like, um, it's like D&D &D as an example. If if there's a lot of weird stuff that can happen in a D and D game, but if it makes sense within the universe, like if the spells are used the way they're supposed to, a weird stuff happens, but it makes sense because it's within the framework that it's supposed to be. But if you're doing stuff like I don't know, you're bringing in pop culture references from 
the outside. It's a lot of fun, yeah. so, but it doesn't fit in with what you already I have. I think I get what you're talking about. Like the one scene where Poe makes your mom joke. Makes him, your mom a joke in the very beginning. Yeah. Regardless Funny, of whether, but it's weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing to start off with, and Luke throwing his lightsaber like over his shoulder. That's like that's trying like, to get a, a reaction from the audience. I feel like right. I feel like a major part of the, a lot of the movie. People, people. I think uh, you were um, saying that it was great because it um, didn't follow your expectations. Was yeah, that, was that I feel like the lightsaber was representing our expectations, and Luke took it and yeah. sweat. Yeet. <laughs> but but the thing is, I feel like there are ways to. Um, how do I want to? There's a this? different way to do that same prop. That same. There's a time and place for humor and a certain kind of humor. Well, well, that's not. I mean, that's true, but that's not actually my point. My point is that there's there are ways to subvert your expectations while not making fun of you for having them. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, and that I think is the major issue. I <laughs> that have one was kind of Jedi. a punch in the face. Yeah. Um, Overall, I don't know. I feel like the the movie is the movie the movie is beautiful. Mm. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think there are some story plots that don't make sense. There's some stuff that doesn't really pan out. Um, the the Ray and Kylo Ren uh, dynamic I think was great. Uh, the Ray and Luke dynamic, I think, worked out. I think they probably should have had more time yeah. uh, in the movie for, for all that to play out. To be fair, I feel like almost all of the issues that we talked about, a lot of it, a majority of it, could have been fixed by taking out the casino arc. Taking that out could have but solved still a lot. still limited to the time. Yes, I'm saying. That's one that couldn't have been addressed, but as far as you could make better use of that small time by having more time to explain stuff within that short time, if that makes sense. Right. So a lot of the complaints is not only is are they shooting themselves in the foot by putting a time limit on how much time is in this movie, mm -hmm. but on top of that, they have three arcs going on, so they don't even have a lot of time within those arcs to talk about what's going on. Right. So if you take in the casino arc out of that and having only two arcs going on, really... Which then, I think is pretty consistent with the other movies in the, yeah. in the series. Then you would have had a lot of time to make up for the fact that there's only 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. So... I mean, we're not going to solve uh, all the universe's no. problems uh, At least in, not a, the Star Wars in a single universe. segment. <laughs> well, if given the opportunity, we might, but... Maybe. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. Beautiful. I definitely want to talk about Star Wars more. Yeah. I'm well, very good at that. <laughs> good. We, or at we least could very talk good about at ranting we, about the stuff. We could rant long. about Star Wars all day long. Mm -hmm. yeah. So easy. All right. Well, with that, oh, I just noticed that you had a. Yes. A By the page. way, when talking about Mandalorians, I don't know if the yeah. camera's still working. I don't always talk about Mandalorians, but when, when I, I do, do, I drink out of my Star, my, my Star <laughs> Wars Mandalorian <laughs> cup. <laughs> so my Boba Fett mode. My Boba Fett. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode. Next time, stay kind. Inconceivable! Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, Father's Day. Yep, just got 25% off some champion t-shirts at Kohl's. My dad is all about staying active. 
sounds terrific. <laughs> Was that a dad joke? It felt fitting. Like the yard games I got from my husband. They were 50% off and I got Kohl's cash. It's the best feeling, isn't it? What, the deals or the Kohl's cash? Or getting it in less than an hour with free store pickup. Well, all the above. Select styles. Sale ends June 20th. Coupons do not apply to champions. See store or Kohl's.com for details. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 